back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. Sunday, February 28th. We've passed the post from yesterday. Nathan Exelby is back with me in the studio this morning. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, good, thanks, David. Good morning to you and listeners. At Luna Fox, $301. Does that go down in the history books as the longest price? I believe so. I saw some commentary yesterday. Aberretti, uh, Caulfield Guineas, 250 to 1 back in the, the mid-80s, but um, I believe that sort of stands out on its own. It's funny, that figure, because only recently I was at calling a midweek race at Doom and I saw a maiden and its price on the QOP, the Queensland official price, was $301. <laughs> I said, I haven't seen that price no. on there. You might get to 200 250 Hadn't seen 300 but there it was, $301. Luna Fox winning the, the Group 1 Australian Guineas. And, of course, uh, we had Group 1 racing at Royal Randwick as well with very elegant and also forbidden love. Winning their respective Group 1 races. We had uh, a good day at the Sunshine Coast, the Tattersalls Racing Club there, and a sneak preview to what's coming up in a couple of weeks' time with the, the big jewel races at Aquas Park, Gold Coast. And well, I think certainly we left the track yesterday with uh, two uh, two words on our mind. Sweet Dolly, she was most impressive. She certainly was. She's um, she's the real deal, isn't she, David? Certainly is. We'll talk more about her later. We might have try to have a chat with Justin Stanley, a jockey. <coughs> and, of course, it was Magic Millions Day at Murray Bridge in South Australia. We talked about Luna Fox winning at Big Odds. There were, there were big Odds right around Australia yesterday. Think it over, won the Liverpool Cup at $51. A serious one I race at Murray Bridge at 51 Anyway, plenty to talk about as we also keep heading towards these big meetings in Sydney and Melbourne over the coming weeks as part of the Autumn Carnival. Let's go to our first replay. We're going to concentrate on Royal Randwick first, and we'll go to the Chipping Norton, and very elegant. She was looking for her seventh Group 1 win, and she was the favourite at $2.30. Coming to the turn and holding the one to run down at the moment. Leads by a length on Fun Star and Colette. He gets going down, very elegant, peeling three wide as they come around the turn and Colding shows the way by a length. Very elegant and Colette get going the outside. Fun Star the inside. It's very elegant, really wound up. Colette as well. They join Colding. Then Fun Star and Avelia starting to run into the race. Well, it's Colette and very elegant. The two great mares and Avelius the outside. Very elegant and Colette. What a race! Avilius the outside trying to beat the pair of them, but no! Very elegant, brave, very elegant. Beat Colette and Avilius in one of the great Chipping Dortons. Funstar Colding next. Then came Master Wine, Southern France. A gap back to Toffee, Tongue, and Prince Fowers. Well, one length covered five runners. Very elegant, getting the judges' nod from Colette, Avilius. Funstar and Colding. That's the way they finished across the line. But as uh, Darren Flindell said, it was a ripper of a finish. And not just the last 20 metres or so. Mm. There was, was a race all the way up the straight. Yeah, you could have five picks in the last 200 metres and, um, and, and still miss the winner, couldn't you, David? It was a terrific spectacle. Well, our first guest this morning, there's not too many top horses that he's not involved in. And uh, very elegant is no exception. Bracer Kolsky is the man and he's with us on past the post. Bray, congratulations and that was a ripper of a finish, wasn't it? Thanks so much. Uh, it was phenomenal. Like, just listening to that race call again, it's fine tingling. Um, and, you know, I thought, to be honest, that the, at the 100-metre mark, we're in a world of pain. Uh, but she's just so incredibly tenacious. And her will to win is is just phenomenal. Um, she just wouldn't let, it, wouldn't let that horse go past her. I mentioned you're involved in many good horses. Just give us a quick snapshot for the listeners who might know you as well as some of our listeners know you. Just tell us 
just tell us your brief history in racing and some of the, the horses you've had or you have. Uh, yeah, I've been involved in racing, you know, for 20 years, but really only heavily involved in the last five years when, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have the financial capacity to scale up my interests. Um, and, you know, the first good horse I've owned is, is Humidor. Um, and, you know, he, he uh, gave me my first Group 1 uh, when he won the Australian Cup. And um, since then, I've sort of escalated my interest and involvement and uh, just had, you know, a lot of, of good luck and been involved with the right people. Um, and, uh, you know, she is certainly uh, the top of the tree in terms of, of the elite horses that, that I've owned in that period. Ray, Ray Thomas documented uh, this morning just where she sits in that elite level of mares. I think she joins Maccabi Diva in terms of Group 1 wins, almost $7.5 million in the bank. She's she's a remarkable horse. And and, and you, we think back at just a couple of years ago when she was this fierce-going filly in the in the spring uh, and then the way she's matured over that time, she's she's been a really interesting story to watch unfold. Yeah, that's right. She's been a work in progress. I mean, I remember when she came down after we bought her, she had two starts in New Zealand and she came into uh, to go and wear stables and he rang me and he's like, what have you given me here? Because she was a rake of a thing. Um, she had some serious attitudes um, and, you know, she's just been a very, very late maturer. She was mentally and physically immature, even, even as a four-year-old. Um, and Chris has just done an absolutely sterling job with her because uh, she's been a very, very difficult horse. Uh, for him to handle, and he's had to, you know, have kid gloves, but the whole way through. Um, but now, as a um, five-year-old mare, uh, she's really, you know, the complete article. She's a properly furnished mare. She's, you know, she's got a deep, deep girth now, and she's strong, and she's got a fantastic attitude, and she's not overdoing it at all in her races. You know, even yesterday, she sort of was tardy away, uh, and Jane had to, you know, really sort of get at her to hold her position um, and in preps gone by, you know, that would immediately be the trigger for her to start over racing, uh, but she didn't, she relaxed um, and she does everything right. Bro, ownership is is the lifeblood of the industry and as we, we've outlined at the, from the start of the interview, you're one of uh, the more prominent owners, leading owners in Australia. And, of course, you're associated with Yes, Yes, Yes and an Everest room with Chris Waller. I'm fascinated how you go about your business. Uh, uh, do you do you have s- staff or management to, 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 to look out for your interests or do you do it yourself or do you attend the sales? Just just give us a, a, a brief rundown on, on how you go about your business each year. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, I'm my, it's actually an obsession Um you know, beyond the passion in terms of, of my interest in racing. And because of that, I actually want to do it myself. Um, you know, I don't delegate um, in terms of, uh, you know, the selection of the um, horses based on pedigree. I, I do all the work myself and have my own theories. Um, but I, I do have a bloodstock agent um, who does all the work on the physical side of, of the horses and the constitution. I simply don't have the experience or the capability. And you've got to know your own strengths and weaknesses in any area of life. Um, and he's been a, a huge acquisition. His name's Matt Scown. He, he runs Yarram and Stud. Um, so, you know, that's very much a partnership. And then I validate, typically validate my selections with, uh, with Chris. Um, and... Like I said, you know, 
success in life is, is about obviously being passionate and doing due diligence, um, but also knowing the right people and knowing who to trust. And in that regard, I've been very, very privileged. Do you set yourself a budget yearly? Not so much yearly. Um, I mean, I set myself a budget for each horse that I select. Mm. Um, I don't really sort of have an overall budget in that sense. Um, I sort of have a conception of how many horses I want to buy. And you have to keep on turning over horses if, you, if you're going to be successful. I mean, you need volume to start with, um, you know, if you want to have, uh, you know, significant uh, success. Um, but uh, I don't really sort of have a budget as, as such. Um, and, and my strategy is, you know, primarily to buy yearlings, but also where possible to identify the right talent and buy horses from New Zealand and Europe. Bray wasn't a, a Group One up here yesterday, but your colours were prominent at the Sunshine Coast as, as well. With with JJ Dar bouncing back into winning form, yeah, she obviously has struggled this preparation, and once again, you know, full testament to Chris and having that Gold Coast satellite base. Um, she's a great example of how that can reinvigorate horses that may be struggling. Uh, so he sent her up uh, north and um, really turned her form around yesterday. Um, you know, she's the horse that I bought um, as a broodmare prospect and will go to, to have a date with Yes, Yes, Yes uh, come next breeding season. But to get another couple more wins out of her, it was fantastic. And the way she won yesterday, um, you know, there's, there's no reason why she can't go on with it now. So Dragon A is another horse you're involved with. Where, where will we see him next? Uh, yeah, so that's actually another good example, I guess, of, uh, you know, I have to recognise Aussie Kerr, um, who's also, you know, a key partner of mine in the industry. And Aussie's the, the main guy behind all these European horses I'm involved with. And he's just exceptional at uh, identifying uh, talent um, in Europe, uh, horses that can adapt to our conditions. So um, he is likely to run in the All-Star Mile. We're obviously very conscious of not putting him on firm ground. We saw how poorly performed first up and we really believe that was just because the track was too firm um so provided you know there is some give i think you'll see him um in a fortnight's time in the all-star mile and then he'll head to sydney uh more than likely to contest the queen elizabeth with the prospect of, of wet ground and he'd be he'd be competitive in that race for sure Ray, we've talked solely about racing this morning. Obviously, you do have a real job as well to to, to look at to, to to finance this uh, this burgeoning business of yours, which I know repays it with with wins as well. But what is your uh, what, what is your your real job during the week? Yeah, you're right. I'd be in a lot of trouble if uh, this was my sole uh, business interest. I mean, people think that I I, uh, I make a commercial success out of it because they only uh, take notice of the fast ones. But rest assured, there's plenty of slow ones there that aren't paying their way. Um, I run a finance business, a real estate debt business. So we finance large-scale construction typically um, and compete head-on against the major banks um, for commercial real estate debt. And, uh, yeah, my... Yeah, racing interest and, and ability to uh, to acquire horses obviously is um, very much a function of, of my success in, in um, finance. So I'm very fortunate to be able to have that capacity um, to you know follow my interests and, and get to the scalability that you need to, to have significant success. 
Ray, thanks for your time this morning. A great insight into to, to your background in, in racing and, and, and life in general. And, well, uh, continued success. It's been pretty good so far and, and hope it continues for you. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your interest in me and uh, hopefully Very Elegant uh, can go on with it and, and chalk up uh, group, group one win number 10 in the Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Good work. Brace Sikulski joining us this morning. Well, very elegant. Uh, that, that's her manner, as uh, as Chris Wallace said. Uh, she's a fighter. She, she's always in for a dog fight, and she certainly had one on her hands yesterday and got the job done with Colette losing no admirers. And Avilius, he just keeps bobbing up. Well, I would have, Avilius is one that you would have thought, well, he's well past his best, but for a few flitting strides, David, look, he really wound back the clock. It was a, a great spectacle, but... She just keeps turning up this mare, doesn't she? And then, then she now goes into what is more her sweet spot, 2,000 metres, 2,400 metres of the Ranvet and, and likely uh, Tancred. Um, so there, there's plenty more fun to come with her. And then heading on to the Queen Elizabeth. And, and, and a, a, a well-run Chipping Northern. The pace genuine all the way. They went 135.49, home 35.37. So they ran that first 1,000 metres in a minute. They were all there to win. And, uh, well, five of them uh, threw their hat in the ring in the straight, but in the end it was very elegant. Her seventh Group 1 win. Well, speaking of Group 1s, let's go to the other Group 1 of the day, the Surround Stakes, and Dame Giselle in a wide betting race ran favourite. And every rose shows the way by two lengths on La Mexicana and Vangeli. Uh, way game goes up the inside, then Joviality. Dame just sells a bit, one pace. Elizabeth's running on out wide. Vangelic put paid to every rose. Wide out Elizabeth and Forbidden Love's getting a great gap. And Forbidden Love went right through the centre and kicks away now from Vangelic. Then came Elizabeth, but Forbidden Love races clear with the surround stakes. Won it by three lengths to Vangelic and Elizabeth. Never talk home into fourth, followed by Modophilia warming up late together with Hungry Heart then Love Sensation, Every Rose, Dame Giselle, couldn't pick up today from Thermosphere, then Miravala from La Mexicana away game, Joviality eight diamonds and Felizzi last home Outstanding ride there by Nashra Willer on Forbidden Love, settling midfield off what was a, a genuine tempo, Every Rose ran it strongly and uh, she was there to strike Forbidden Love, but not only did she strike but then she pulled away, so the win had Really smacked of authority, running 122 and 3. Richard Freeman, of course, in a training partnership with his brother Michael, is our next guest. Uh, he joins us. Richard, good morning. Morning, David. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. You know, with me, it always comes back to a punting story. I thought Forbidden Love would win the Gold Coast Magic Minions Guineas and uh, did my money each way. And I thought, well, how the hell did it win Forbidden Love yesterday? But just tell us about what happened at the coast. Oh, just nothing went right. About She got to about 700 and she was going to move forward into the race you know and, and she just ran into a traffic jam there got on a, got on some heels there and and you know at that time she was going backwards at when all the the chances were going forwards and that sort of that is not the ideal situation at the at the coast as you would know so uh yeah that's what happened and she just ran into the traffic in the straight and it was just a, a non-event the race really it was certainly a train wreck to watch richard um yeah. you've been involved in a lot of group one wins Back in in the you know back in the day, but yeah, tell us yeah. t- tell us about yesterday and, and how that one might be a little bit different. Sharing with Michael yesterday. Well, it's, we've only teamed up eighteen months ago, and that's our first Group One winner for the new partnership, and that's very pleasing because it's a filly filly that I bought and brought to the partnership, and uh, and but and yet Michael's had her at Randwick and he's trained her there, so we've both had our share of input there, and. Uh, we part owner as well, so um, 
it, it was a pretty pretty good result, bloody good result, actually. Richard, she 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 raced so well during the spring, and then um, she had that little break and won the Gosford Guineas. We've talked about the Magic Millions race and Group One yesterday. Has she actually been out of work, or or has she just had a very short time off? Because you know she she seems to have been up since the spring. Yeah, she 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 didn't have a long break. She had a few weeks at Anthony's property in Victoria. When uh, when she after she ran in the mire, and then she came to Sydney. We got her ready for the Magic Millions. Uh, took her up. She won the the Gosford Guineas, and that was a turning point. The Gosford Guineas because it was the first time in her career that she'd actually relaxed in a race and let herself come off the bit in the race. She's always been one of these fillies who wants to be firm into the bridle, you know, putting herself into the race and competing all the time. And just in that race, she she learned to relax and drop the bit. And, um, and you know, yesterday, I think that was the, the key to it. She was relaxed so beautifully for Nash there that she's able to use her strength, which is she, she's a very strong filly and she can finish off a race, but she can really finish them off if she relaxes. So where do we see her go to now, Richard? Will we see her at the 2,000 metres this autumn or will you stick to up to the mile? I, I, th- I think she is a miler. I doubt if she is a, a, will go further than that. But, but she may, but I don't think it will be this prep. I think uh, this prep, the, the options are that we go to the Coolmore Classic, uh, but it'll be a very strong field. You know, it'll be a massively strong field. That, Or we go to the, uh, the Farlap Stakes, which is for three-year-olds over 1,500. Or, and then, you know, get to after that, depends how she goes, but, you know, she got 49 kilos in a Doncaster and she can't be re-handicapped because she's only going to run in set weight races from here on in. So... You know, if she if she won one of those next two races impressively or ran very well, she she might be a lightweight chance in a race like that if she can get a start. Mm. Lovely strike rate, two five wins from eleven starts. Uh, yourself and Michael are watching these two-year-old races very carefully because you play a good hand with uh, with this unbeaten horse. Stay inside. We saw him most impressive a few weeks ago at Randwick of the Piero. What do you? Do you have one more run before the slipper? Yeah, he runs in the Todman next Saturday, mm. and uh, that will uh, that race will determine you know who starts favourite in the slipper because mm. all the all the guns are going to go around in that race, and uh, all the colts anyway, and um, you know I think that will determine who starts favourite. So if he gets through that, uh, if he can get through that field next next Saturday, I think he'll start a fairly short price favourite. I've been saying to, to Ray Thomas on Press Room on Monday mornings, it's good, isn't it, that a race like the Golden Slipper that has so much history and prestige and probably not its own fault, probably lost its way a little bit over time, but isn't it good that we have, you know, quite an array of talent at the top level and we're seeing them, you know, week in, week out, the, the, the market is changing, some are falling by the wayside or maybe just going down a rung or two, but it's great to have a conversation that can go on week to week up till March 20. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a you know it shapes the breeding industry still that race, and that has never changed. Now, other races have become a little bit more popular and perhaps have been promoted a little bit more more than than the Golden Slipper. But the Golden Slipper for the industry is still, you know, probably the number one race. So it, you know, they're hard to win. We we haven't won one in a long time. We run a couple of placings here and there, but they're hard to win and. This cold, you know, touch wood, everything goes right between now and then. He's, he seems fine at the moment, but, you know, there's still a good, you know, 
nearly three weeks to go. So touch wood, everything goes right. Would you look forward to that potential clash with, with Anthony and Sam's uh, Blue Diamond winner? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but that, that will be interesting because they're all owned in the same interest now. There's a, I think Newgate are shareholders in, in that horse, our horse, and... and Profiteer as well, so they've got a great hand in it. But yeah, look, always good to to, to match match it up with the boys. But you know, I'll be happy if they win, and they'll be happy if we win, as long as we the other one doesn't run second. Won't be so <laughs> won't be so friendly then. <laughs> and, and last question before we let you go, and just talking about the the slipper, you, you, you've given a real good push there with Stay Inside, in terms of what you think he'll be market rating wise if he can win the top and. Uh, are you frightened of Profiteer or, or is it a high respect for Profiteer? What do you think of Profiteer compared to your horse? Oh, I think I think at this stage, right now, they are the two that would, that, that should and would dominate. But, uh, you know, a lot can happen. They all run next week and, you know, something beats them all and suddenly it'll be favourite. You know, they, I think Remark's going around next week. He's, he's over his little hiccup and, you know, they, they, it, it will be the market-shaping race. Appreciate your time and congratulations on yesterday, mate. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Bye. Richard Friedman joining us this morning. And uh, she looked good for Bid and Love yesterday, didn't she? Oh, real good turn of foot, wasn't mm. it? And I, I went back and had a look at the replay of the, the Gold Coast just to see sort of what went wrong there. And it was a train wreck. She just kept getting shuffled yeah. back and back and back. You're, had, you're well aware of that? No, I, I called the race. I actually, sometimes you don't see things, and when they went past the post, I said, well, how the hell did I come up with it? And I haven't looked at the replay again, but you've told me, and Richard's told me, so that, that's fair enough. Hey, let's um, let's concentrate now on this golden slipper because there were two key lead-ups yesterday, the Skyline and the Sweet Embrace. We'll go to the Skyline firstly. And uh, it was hard to sort of favourite out here. There was good support for Halal, Captivod, and Shaquiro, there wasn't much between them when the starter said go for favouritism. As they come around the corner, and it's O President going well. Buck up along front of Triste. Captive on very one pace. Shaquiro the inside and Halal the outside. And they're both five off the leader, O President, which is trying to steal this inside the 200. O President well clear. Halal's the only danger now, but O President still three in front. Two lengths clear. And O President is going to lead all the way. Ran them ragged in the skyline stakes. O President linked to Halal. Captive on stuck in in third, followed by sing a love song then Shaquiro who didn't pick up from Sir Rastus Tristate weakened out and seething said ran last I think a race where tempo related is uh, comes to the fore here a president and Tim Clark were able to to control the race they ran that first 600 in just a tick under 36 and he's an above average two-year-old so he's always going to be hard to run down they couldn't run him down Halal sexually was impressive in second Captivant uh, a battling third. Shakiro looked disappointing in sixth. Yeah, we've seen that from Shakiro before that he can, he can turn in a bad one, but you just wonder whether that form's going to be golden slipper level form, don't you, David? Given that we've just what we talked about is coming up next week. I, I think so. I, I think again we're looking at a race that is the B yeah. level, you know. And with Shakiro, I've, I've sort of been begging to say, well, you know, that shows the Magic Millions form wasn't that flash. But it's a bit hard to argue that point when we go to the That's next right. race, the Sweet Embrace. Let's have a list of this now because she's all class, who was Magic Millions placed, ran a ripper here, but couldn't quite get four moves ahead, as we're about to hear. 
Emerald Bay left the fence. Collier Bay goes through. Two lengths clear now from four moves ahead. Jamaya Centro Storico up the fence. Further out, Robo Dira and Atholdra. Nice for what's looking for a gap. Four moves ahead goes through the centre now and takes the lead clearly. Down the outside, She's All Class with a big run and Mallory as well. Four moves ahead, a length clear from She's All Class. Four moves ahead in front from She's All Class and four moves ahead wins the sweet embrace a half length to She's All Class. Photo for third, Robo Dira and Mallory, followed by Centro Storico, then Jamea. Nice for what? High, high, high. A gap back to mistaken identity from Nathaldra and the two bays have weakened to run last, Collier Bay and Emerald Bay. I thought this win had plenty of merit for a few reasons. One, she'd had an interrupted preparation mm -hmm. coming into the race. We'd only seen her one time before and she was very good. And also, again, tempo-wise, she raced on what was a hot speed here. They went out very strongly and she was vulnerable. She was there to be run down with, with that interrupted preparation, but they couldn't get her. So it didn't surprise that she's all class and Mallory ran on after they'd gone hard early. But I thought a, a lot of merit in this win, even though the margin's only a neck. Yeah, well, they've, they've run half a second quicker than the, the boys, but home a full second slower. So, yeah, there was merit in it. I thought she's all class. Barriers aren't helping her cause. She drew off the track at the Gold Coast and, and again there yesterday. So um, she's obviously with a lot of ability. It just proved too much yesterday to make up that kind of ground. Interesting. We'd probably have to speak to a trainer about this, but... You know, rising twice, going to a grand final twice. Like, she's all class, Shaquiro. They've been to that grand final of the Magic mm. Millions. They can't have much time off, and here they are now going to another Everest with a golden slipper. So, some obviously handle it better than others. Some don't handle it at all. Yeah, I mean, 12 months ago we saw a away game. I think she went from the Gold Coast to run in the Blue Diamond and then mm. placed in the golden slipper, and Farnan came through the Magic Millions last year. So, invariably, it's a good guide, but this year, based on what we saw yesterday... You, as you alluded to, you just wonder whether it's going to stack up this year. So just on, on market-wise, on tab, four moves ahead was 17 to 13 for the slipper. She's all class with that uh, you know, blinding finish, 17 to 13 as well. From the, the mail, from the skyline, no president went from triple figures to double figures. He's 101 into 21, and Shakira went the other way after his, well, disappointing run, 15 out to 34. You in the stay inside camp in a golden slipper at this stage, David? Or profiteer or, or elsewhere? No, well, I, I, th I agree with Richard Freeman. I think they're the two so far. And am I right in saying my memory is very short? Mm. They will clash in the Todman. Is that right? I, I can't be certain of that, but um, you would assume that's the that's the, the likelihood. Yeah, well, that, that will certainly, seeing we'll only be two weeks out, that, that will certainly determine um, the, the slipper favourite um, if uh, one of them wins. So that's a key race next week. Just before we leave Royal Randwick, congratulations to Tony Gollum with Crone winning. Uh, another winning ride for Tim Clark. She was set out of good odds considering she was a Magic Millions feature race winner, $16, on a track that suited her, given the track, and came with a good run to score. Yeah, she's certainly um, going gangbusters at the moment. It was a huge win at the Gold Coast to come from where she did. Um, that Gold Coast form stood up pretty well yesterday, didn't it? Certainly did. And as we said, think it over. $51 winning the Liverpool City Cup for Kerry Parker. That was our look back at Royal Ramwick. Thanks for your company this morning on Pass the Post. Let's now turn our attention to another big meeting, and it was at Flemington. And the feature was the Group 1 Australian Guineas.
Tagaloa, the first to straighten at the 400 metres. A length and a half. Azar Jet Propulsion. It's our time. Embolism. Zoo Dancer wax away from Luna Fox. Tagaloa at the clock tower led. Embolism and Azar coming out after him. Then came Luna Fox. Jet Propulsion. Still Tagaloa. Embolism coming at him and Luna Fox. Tagaloa looking to hold on. Luna Fox and Jerry Tortoni from the clouds. Luna Fox. Luna Fox. It's a boil over in the Guineas. Beat Cherry Tortoni. Photo third. Tagaloa or Embolism from Zoo Dancer Bel Toro. Behind them, Jet Propulsion here to shock an Azar. Then came behind them, Camborne, Dom to shoot and well back in the field. Grand Slam, it's our time. Ole Kirk and Iron Edge amongst the tail enders. Luna Fox wins at $139. Yes, $139 on the Tate. SP starting price, $301. Paul Prushka is the trainer of Luna Fox, and uh, he's joining us this morning. Paul, good morning. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Now, you didn't even go yesterday. You sent Holly down to look after the business. Yeah, yeah. I've sort of been busy um, busy back home working, and um, oh, once you put them on the float, that's the end of the story, and... Um, they're in good hands with those two girls, you know. Yeah, exactly right. The blinkers went on yesterday. We we just said it. a lot. Of, lots being made of this. I suppose when you think about it, a, a starting price is, is is a number that's someone's opinion, and uh, and they can be right or wrong. Did you give the horse any chance at all? Yeah, look, his um, first up run was disappointing. Um, I had enough time to to resurrect that. Um, but oddly enough, I think every time this horse goes around, he's, he's been huge odds, you know. Um, and, um, you know, you knew he was going to improve off that run. And um, I was really happy where he, where he was at and knew he'd improve. But I wasn't expecting to win, though. I thought if I could go there and run an eighth or, or fifth, I, I'd be real happy, you know. So if you'd be real happy with an eighth or fifth, you must have been over the moon. With... <laughs> yeah, yeah, speechless. Uh, you sort of the... Um, you know, probably eight years ago, I was, I was trying to map out how to win a witchy cup, you know. And you were watching the watching the race from, from home. It was a nice watch in a way, wasn't it? Because uh, he settled well with the blinkers and he got into that three-wide tray and he was he was always ready to strike at the right time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's... Um... You know, for me, for, for me, Slopsy's been inside uh, uh, and bustled, and um, he, he's an unusual cold. He's quite relaxed and um, laid back about things, but um, put him in a tight spot and uh, in, inside him, he sort of rather come out of it than, than go forward. He's quite negative in amongst them, but mm. you know, yesterday sort of get, get him to the outside and get him room, and uh, he wants to work for you, so. Uh, it all just paired. I thought it was a brilliant ride by Mickey, and um, quite often you can put them on at those prices, and no one cares. But uh, Mickey certainly gave us everything he had, and um, rode him like, like a dollar twenty shot, you know. So um, great, great job on his behalf, you know. Paul, the, the listeners of the punters will be saying this morning, well, how did he win? And the, I suppose the question I ask you, he, he got beaten such a long way in the CSAs. Was there any excuse at all, uh, post-race, uh, physically-wise, or any anything no, you found? <clears throat> pulled up really good. Uh, you know, had a short, sharp blow, um, but put put the head down and ate grass and was been quite relaxed after it and um, kept come back and all the boxes were ticked. And, um, you know, I was sort of looking even at embolism's form. You know, I think he finished behind us uh, 
last start and uh, by Jeezy he looked like putting his hand up trying to win uh, yesterday too you know but um, so whether it was just a bit of a mix about race and uh, certainly he was sort of cluttered for room there and I, I just don't think he gives his best there and, and he improved off the run you know it's not like it came from nowhere. I guess he was very competitive in the, in the Caulfield Guineas last year. He won the size there at Flemington. So uh, he had shown glimpses in the past that he, he was up to a decent level. Yeah, yeah. Look, he. Um, I, just, I, I just felt going into the Caulfield Guineas, um, we just lost him, uh, you know, going into that. He, he, he wasn't at his best. He'd sort of come off the tucker a bit and... Um, Probably everything got to him, you know, that, that high pressure got to him. And um, he certainly didn't go to the Guineas in, in, in good shape, I don't think. And uh, he was always going to improve. And, um, he, you know, he's come out and shown that. And um, hopefully on, onwards and, and upwards. So. Yeah, well, well, speaking about onwards and upwards, do we go to Sydney now? Yeah, we'll certainly um, digest it all today and um, we'll, we'll have a bit of a conference on where we go from here. Um, he's such a great horse to do anything with. He, he uh, Travelling's not an issue and, um, yeah, he's quite tractable. So quite confident there, whatever we do, we'll, we'll have him there and um, he'll be strong at whatever, whatever we have a go at, you know. And I can't let you go without asking about Surprise Baby. Yeah, look, he's um, he, he's come through his operation. He had a um, a fracture in the hock, and um, he, he's come through that operation really good. So he, he sidelined for a couple of months, and uh, at the end of the day, we'll just be taking care of him and, and give him the time he needs, and um, hopefully, he makes it back onto the stage. You know. Mm, so is is this year ruled out racing wise, or what, what's your, what's your timeline? Well, he'll tell you that. Yeah, we've just got to work, work with the vets and, um, and the horse and um, just make the right calls, you know? Fair enough. So, yeah, hard, hard to put a timeline on it. You've got, got the rehab to get through and um, just got to tick all the boxes, you know? So he'll be back at some stage and we're just not really putting a time on it, you know? Good on you, mate. Congratulations for the win yesterday. Oh, thank you. Paul Prushka, the trainer of Luna Fox, who saluted at $301 and... More than likely, we'll see him in Sydney. I see Tab have shortened him to $26 for the Rose Hill Guineas. He was 51 before yesterday. Cherry Tortoni's run was terrific, wasn't it? It certainly was. He, the barriers probably certainly haven't, haven't didn't help him. What do we make of all this three-year-old form, David? I, I think that's it. That's curtains for Ole Kirk now. I believe he's he's off to stud. Um, there was something I saw yesterday, so he hasn't come up this time around. Um I was going to say, you know, that Caulfield Guineas form hasn't stacked up, and here's this horse who, who came out of the Caulfield Guineas. Um, well, maybe it's just just not a vintage crop. Yeah, well, we saw the Kiwi, I think, Aegon come out and beat the, the Sydney three-year-olds last week. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Cherry Tortoni, as we said, the run was terrific, so Patrick Payne has to decide, does does, does he go back to Sydney? Tagaloa gave it his all, just found wanting the last last little bit in running third. That was the Guineas. Let's go to our next feature. This is the Group 2 Blamey Stakes. The winner will earn a ticket into the All-Star Mile.
350 metres to go. Buffalo River Car goes for the whip. Still three lengths to Best of Days. Irish Flame Star of the Seas down the outer and 50 stars running on. Buffalo River at the clock tower getting weary. Two and a half lengths in front of Star of the Seas and 50 stars. Buffalo River's curling up. Star of the Seas has got him. 50 stars the late challenger. But Stars of the Seas has won it by a neck to 50 stars and Buffalo River. They were followed by Best of Days and Mystic Journey. Followed by Maha. Amadeus Irish Flame Vacillator Mirage Dancer and at the tail of the field was Nerf Bosk. Star of the Seas generally performs well second up and he did that again yesterday. Damien Lane riding for Chris Wallace so Star of the Seas goes into the All-Star Mile. Of course Damien Lane is uh, required for Probable so Chris Waller will have to find a rider which I'm sure there'll be no drama there but he's a horse. Doesn't win out of turn but... Uh, He's generally not too far away. He was well-placed yesterday, wasn't he? He could have gone around in the, the Chipping Norton in Sydney and been running for fourth or fifth, but instead he's down there and earned a spot on the, the All-Star Mile. He was he just missed in a George Main last preparation, so he, he'd shown that he's up to the, the highest level, and that was his race yesterday, Pernet. And again, again, as we often say, uh, tempo-related, a good, strong swing. That Buffalo River, he just goes too keenly, doesn't it? doesn't help himself, does he? I think it was almost... Sub-59, I think, the yeah. first 1,000 metres. And he was just found wanting, and 50 stars had won the past two. Blame, he's splitting the pair. <laughs> Let's go to the third race of the day. A lot of Queensland interest here with the Herovian, who, of course, is in the All-Star Mile. Let's have a listen to the replay. More Varda first to straighten by a length Sansom. Holbein third the fence. I am Superman deeper. Then Sierra Sue, the Herovian just being niggled out on the rails. And then never again Platoon and Rich Itch. It's more Varda quick and lets down at the 300. Kicked a length and a half Sansom. Holbein, I am Superman down the middle. Then Sierra Sue and the Herovian looking for clear galloping room. Still more Varda at the 150. Extends two lengths. Holbein, I am Superman. Platoon late. More Varda's going well though. Holbein is finishing well, but more Varda won by three quarters, Holbein. Third in the race on the outside was Platoon, and then came I Am Superman. Further back, the Herovian Sansom, Sierra Sue, Never Again, and Rich Itch. This was the first leg of Damien Lane's treble. More Varda. Uh, loves to go out and lead, and uh, again, a bit like Star of the Seas, level below, but um, if he's out in front, he's hard to run down, and that was the case yesterday. The Herovian, your thoughts? Well, if you backed him yesterday, you were never really comfortable. He was sort of jammed up on the fence. He didn't get that room. So it's hard to determine what he had to offer. You sort of, sort of think needs to get momentum up, and he never got that chance yesterday. I mean, the, the All-Star Mile is going to be another level altogether on top of that, but um, you wouldn't be convict him based on yesterday. Here's, here's a word I'd use. Inconclusive. Very good, David. Would you agree with that? Yes. Inconclusive. Uh, that was uh, Morvada winning for Peter Jolly too, and he's done a terrific job with this horse, Morvada. So uh, another good South Australian victory there. That was the Flemington action yesterday. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll go through this and analyse this Sunshine Coast meeting under the banner of the Tattersalls Racing Club. That's coming up next. Past the Post on Radio Tab. I know all you punters out there love those stories about winning. Yeah, sure you do when you've, when you've done your dough yesterday. But listen to this one. I'm going to really, really give it to you here. This was on the Vic Tab. This was the Quaddy yesterday. So I think it, well, it was a Victorian Tabby customer. So I don't know if it was male or female. The spin was $200. This was the um, uh, selections. Race, first leg, five and seven. So that was Star of the Seas and... Uh, Star of the Seas and Best of Days. Second leg, field. 
Third leg, field. <laughs> Fourth leg, 11, one out. One out, Shalo. A little one bit out. riding on Shalo. Do you reckon that was what we would describe as an anxious watch <laughs> in the Australia? Do you think a bit of saving was going Ooh, on? And the dividend? So it spent 200, so 47.61 on the divvy. Collect $252,419 because the Quaddy paid 530000 in Victoria. Uh, here on our uh, U uh, in Queensland and South Australia and Tasmania and Northern Territory, it paid a little less, 483000 but I wouldn't be knocking it back if I got it. So <laughs> I don't know about you, David, whenever I include the field in, in things like that, the, the six to four favourite lobs. I like that. Five and seven, field, field, 11 only. Impressive. <laughs> Sunshine Coast feature race yesterday was the Tattersall's Members Cup at listed level. Uh, Wapiti was heavily backed to beat the one-time favourite Ligulate. Wapiti's under pressure. He normally gives. Hail Manhattan having a real crack on the inside. Disillusion coming at the pair. And down the outside, Sir Barnabas and Ligulate is coming with a storming run. Wapiti's gone. Hail Manhattan in the lead. Disillusion after it. Hail Manhattan finding plenty. And Hail Manhattan won the Members' Cup. Beat home Disillusion, Sir Barnabas and Ligulate out wider. Wapiti was disappointing. Then Victory 8, followed by Allwood, Willow Tito, Star of Michelin, Blendvitsa and Matawi after a wide run. Dropped out to run last in 137.73. Yeah, Peter and Will Hulbert combining there with the, there as a training partnership first listed winner. It was Aidan Thompson's first listed winner as a jockey. He's with the Hulbert clan. Always had Hale Manhattan travelling well. I've got to admit, I couldn't have had it because I thought it was too big a class rise. I called it winning a race at Ipswich when it was backed as if mm. unbeatable. $1.50 and beat Dramadoir by a by a, a very narrow margin, so... And an equally short margin back to Smart Medial, who was beaten three lengths in the first race yesterday. I must confess, when they went across the line, I expected to see a bigger dividend pop up than the, the $21 on the tote. Yeah, it sort of opened around 11 or 12 on fix yesterday, but got out to, uh, well, SP and $19. Uh, Liga Late's run wasn't too bad. They didn't go hard early. Uh, he's probably coming to the end of his preparation. Mm. Wapiti, you'd have to say, was disappointing because... I like the way Fred wrote him positively early. He said, I want a lead, I'm going to hold the lead, I'm going to try and do it all the way. He had a good sectional, but he couldn't finish off. No, and he's sort of just been one batting a bit this this whole preparation. But, um, the, the second and third place getters, they're, they're going super as well. So Barnabas, obviously, he's he's back again and he'll pick up another one of those middle distance races soon enough. A lot of interest yesterday in these dual preludes. Of course, the big dual day coming up at Aquas Park Gold Coast in a fortnight's time. Let's go to the Phillies uh, prelude and Sweet Dolly. We hadn't seen her since the Callaway Gal on the summer and she was set out the favourite. A little easy in the end in betting, but still was a dominant favourite at $2. In the straight, though, Sweet Dolly and Justin Stanley, they're going great guns. Beat off LaRuba's Glorious Ruby sets about the task to run on. Shalita dropped out. It's Sweet Dolly down below the 200 metres with a good lead. Glorious Ruby runs into second, but giving the lead a too big a start. In fact, Sweet Dolly, if anything, is pulling away close to home, and that's three from three and one untouched. Sweet Dolly, very impressive. Glorious Ruby, four away second. Third was Vienna Impress, LaRuba's fourth. And then came Rising Spirit, followed by Barista's sister. Cookies and Cream, Shaluna disappointed again. And last was Rising Spirit. Yes, 57.95 was the gallop. We can get a good handle on this time, Nathan, because mm. there were 4,000 metre races run in succession yesterday. She was the first of the quartet, 57.95. Another two-year-old, Gemelon Bolt in the male section, 58-57. Simply Fly, who's pretty smart, 57-42. And Shivago, 
57 and 9. So it, it stacks up pretty well. Yeah, to be running the same time as benchmark 80 horses at just your third start, and she you wouldn't think, say she was full throttle either. There's probably a little bit more to, to give there. She's very, very good. She certainly is. Um, she's never been beaten. She's never been beaten at the racetrack. She's never been beaten in a trial, only a handful, I know. But uh, she looks very good, doesn't she? Like, I mean, it was unextended at the run of the line. Uh, she certainly was, and the man sitting on top might be able to tell us a little bit more about it, David. Yeah, he's with us now, and great to have Justin Stanley join us this morning on Past the Post. Justin, good morning. Morning, guys. Well, um, you know better than all of us, um, and you've ridden a lot of good horses. How good is Sweet Dolly? Um, yeah, look, she's, she's pretty smart, mate. Um, probably the most exciting thing so far is I haven't really reached the bottom of her. Um, every time you ask her, you know, to give me a little bit more, she's just fine. So she's definitely very exciting and, and definitely one of the best horses I've ridden for a long time. When we saw her in the Callaway Gal, um, she 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 raced greenly in the straight and there were a few reasons thrown up for that, that she might have shot at the big screen. She was tipped out. She had a trial in Rocky. You went there to ride her and you rode her under race conditions yesterday. I'm always interested in these young horses, their improvement, whether or lack, lack of improvement, you know, whether it's physically or, or up in the head. How did she feel to you yesterday? Is she more mature than, say, three or four months ago? Uh, definitely. I think uh, physically as well, even just that short break back to the trials. She looks like she's put on 40 or 50 kilos. She's really filled out through the chest and, and the girth. And, um, yeah, just mentally, she still got a little bit lost in the trial down the middle of the track. Mm. Um, but yesterday, you know, out by herself down the middle, she was um, straight as an arrow and, and really improved. Back in November last year, Justin, you didn't trial her before her first start, but you jumped aboard there at Townsville. She did start at dollar forty-five, so it wasn't unexpected. But were you taken a little by surprise at what you had under you that day? Um, definitely. Uh, like you said, she started a short price favourite that day on the, on the back of a, a very good trial at Rocky and a sort of an average field. But um, yeah, I, I didn't expect it to win pretty much untouched like she did in good time and a big margin. And uh, like I said to Kevin that day, I, I couldn't tell you how good she was because she doesn't feel like she has much left. She's just such a relaxed filly. And um, but every time you ask her, she just she just finds that bit more. So like I said, she's really um, haven't reached the bottom of it yet, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's what I liked about her yesterday. She jumped beautifully from the outside gate and she just seemed to cruise across. She just let her do what she wanted to do. She settled well and, and she was just so good to the line. And, and the reason I bring this up is that we go to 1,200 metres in two weeks' time. You would think on you on what we, we see visually of her racing style, there should be no drama at all there with the extra 200 metres. Uh, no, no, I definitely don't think so. Mate. I think she'll handle the 1200. Not a problem. She she does everything right. She relaxes. You know, she just everything you ask her, she does. So, I definitely don't think the 1200 will be anywhere at this stage. A little bit dissimilar to last year, Justin. We we went, we were heading to the jewel with a, a very hot favourite in Rothfire, and uh, he went under. So there's some some pressure on you over the next uh, as we head to that rich race in a couple of weeks. Uh, is it a good position to be in? Oh, look, you wouldn't swap it for anything in the world. Um, you know, it'd, it'd be nice if I can draw a, a nice gate on her. But, look, she's a jump and run filly. She, she makes her own luck and she gets out of trouble, which is always a big advantage, especially in these two-yard races compared to horses that, that you know, get back in the field and, and sort of need good pace and, and a bit of luck in running. So she's definitely got all going for her and definitely going to be the one to beat, I think, come the Gold Coast in two weeks. Justin, 
you're a journeyman. You're not afraid to travel, and uh, your results are there for all to see. You actually lead the Queensland Jockeys Premiership. You've ridden 86 winners this season, and and that's and that's good enough in itself. You, you're, you're financially secure, and you keep riding winners because you're a good rider. But when something comes along like this, it must give you a buzz to say that, you know, I mean, you're well into your riding career, but something like this, you know, you, you say, how good is this? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, I do most of my riding up north and, and around the provincials now and, and don't sort of come to town often. So to get a chance to sort of show show run that I can still, you know, hold my own against the Brisbane boys and, and get the support from the local trainers and get a good horses, um, you know, is always great. And, you know, these horses don't come along too often and hopefully, you know, it's a good run. Yeah, exactly right. Well, so far, it's, uh, the, the score sheet is, is impeccable. I can't see any reason why it's going to change, but we won't put the mock on you, mate. Thanks for joining <laughs> us this morning and, and hopefully we're, we're, we'll be talking in two weeks' time. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Justin Stanley joining us. And, yes, uh, he is the winningest Queensland jockey currently this season. We're just over halfway through with 86 wins. A good bloke and... And uh, great to see him uh, associated with a very good horse and kept on the horse as well. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, my guys like that, they work out where their niche is and he's prepared to work hard and do all those all that travelling and you want to see those guys get that, those rewards. I think another way we could put in perspective how good this filly is is the glorious Ruby's a good filly. We saw, yes. We yes. saw we've seen her three times before yesterday. Uh, she was beaten in a, a lead-up to the Magic Minions, then she won her next two Metropolitan starts and won them well. She was four and three-quarter lengths mm. behind behind Sweet Dolly. And I know things didn't pan out Glorious Ruby's way. She was up on the speed and then seemed to lose the plot and drift back. So her run was good, but she was nearly five lengths behind Sweet Dolly. So I think that's another reference there. Yeah, and, and Justin talks about barriers. You wouldn't think a barrier's going to make a difference to this. She's that, that quick out of the machine. She'll, mm. she'll take care of that pretty quickly. Let's go to the male prelude, and Cochrane was the favourite here for the Gollum Stable, $2.30. Tickeretti going well. Cochrane's not going well, and Tickeretti's nicely clear. Gemelon Bolt on the outside is trying hard. Tickeretti gone. Gemelon Bolt reached the lead. Gemelon Bolt now pulling away. Look at I've been there scorching home, but Gemelon Bolt beat Tickeretti. I've got, uh, I've been there third. Good run. Then came Cochrane. Seemed to have his chance. Followed by Bo Rumble, Red Wave, Hamlet von Snitzel, two wide. Then better off, Mashani Operator, Sherwood Prince, Cam Archer, Military Gambler. And last over the line was Millwood. So 58-57 there for Gemelon Bolt. To Michael Rod riding for Chris Anderson. And as we outlined, Sweet Dolly, 57-95. But with Gemelon Bolt, so the two starts, done nothing wrong. Second to Glorious Ruby on debut. Winning there yesterday makes his own luck. So he'll he'll be a player in, in, in the big one two weeks. Yeah, nice nice improvement first to second start and certainly the way he hit the line, you say twelve hundred is really going to be probably even more suitable for him. But I like this third horse. Do I, you? I like this third mm-hmm. horse. I've been there. Well I remember he trialed in the week leading up to his first start and he ran well at good odds yep. in that ghost race. That was a rich race. race, that one. It was tipped out. I thought he trialed well at Doom in the other day. I liked the way he found the line his run was outstanding yesterday. They t- t- talk about barriers. He was a victim of a barrier. He, he, he drew out. He just had to go right back, 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 and then come very wide. I thought he hit the line well. And if any horse is going to be suited by 1,200, I think he falls into that category. So not saying uh, he's, um, you know, can beat Sweet Dolly, but like the horse. Conversely, Cochrane probably won't be starting $2.30 anytime soon. Uh, will we'll appear to have every possible chance.
Let's go to race five. This was a good. Th- this is the dual prelude for the three-year-olds. It was a good quality race. By the 400 metres, Iolite led the way. Zing along on the outside, coming after it, Gamely. Then Kizikano, simply fly with a big runner. Mashani Miss needs to lift, and Mass Destruction is making ground. They're across the track. We're on the inside, Mass Destruction on the outside, simply fly. Zing along still there with a chance. Here's a great finish coming up, simply fly. Coming home, two well for its rivals. Three in a row, simply fly. Beat Mass Destruction, Zing along, and Kizikano. A fair fourth, then Iolite, followed by Tumbler Ridge. Bashani missed disappointed, and Inserto out towards the tail. 57.42 was the quickest 1,000 metres. It was simply Fly's fourth win in a row, third with this preparation. Uh, very good. Very good. I think even more impressive yesterday, this finishing burst the horse has got is, is something else. It, runs, it can run some blinding last 400 metres, can't it, David? Mm. It's an interesting one to 1,200. Mm. Sometimes they don't do it. You, th- you think visually we'll do it for sure. Sometimes they don't do it so that can be tested out in two weeks' time. Out of a mare, Express Air. Uh, she only won three races, Express Air, but one of them was a Queensland yeah, Guineas yeah. just over a decade ago. It's, uh, been a, she's been a good mare for Rex Lip, hasn't she? Let's finish uh, our look at the Sunshine Coast with a replay of race seven. This was the open sprint. Gemma of Scotland was resuming. was unwanted 390 out to $6. King Class has been kept honest by Epic Girl. Phantom Falcon peels out wider. Even deeper, Dr. Zeus asked to come on. Gem of Scotland is immediately under pressure. What's coming from the back? Not too much. Junction running on fairly. Epic Girl, meanwhile, tackled and headed by Dr. Zeus. Dr. Zeus goes up on the outside. Epic Girl fights on. She won't give in. Dr. Zeus, though, now starting to edge away over the last 50 metres. And Dr. Zeus is going to be too good for them. Dr. Zeus heavily back one. Beat home. Epic girl or gem of Scotland who got going again late. Perfect aim and junction not far away. Phantom Falcon next and then came King Klaus. Run for glory. Canapes the Avenger. At last over the line was Metson in 110.94. Daryl Hansen's horses go well at his home track and that was clearly evident yesterday with Dr. Zeus. 460 to 350. That was on the QOP service but Tab was 550 yesterday morning and of course the race before... Chivago uh, continued its winning way and it was four twenty into $3. So back-to-back races there. I was keen on Dr. Zeus. Didn't like Chivago. Got that one wrong. No, kudos to you. Nailed a $5.50 in the morning as your best. But as you say, the punters got that 100% right. You would have assumed Gemma Scotland was always going to be easy. They'd have to take risks with her for a long break. So she's gone terrifically well. They'd have to be really pleased with, with, with her returning. But Dr. Zeus found his right race yesterday. And just a quick one. Kisakana, your thoughts on its run fourth to simply fly? I think she's gone okay. Um... I assume it's set weights, David. I'm not sure if it's set weights or set weights and penalties of the Gold Coast. But either way, she's going to meet them all a, a whole lot better at the weights down on the Gold Coast. So I, I wouldn't be convicting her at all. She just was a little bit anchored under that, that big weight yesterday. Mm. I'd, I'd say I'm a little harsher. I think the jury's out just at the moment. I'm not I'm not sure why. I, I can't get into Kisakano's head, but... Uh, just not that sharpness that, that mm-hmm. we've seen previously. But we'll see what happens in two weeks' time. That was the Sunshine Coast. Uh, we had a good race day there. Let's finish off past the post by going to Murray Bridge. And for the first time, the Magic Millions Classic was held at uh, the Gifford Hill Complex. Let's have a listen to the replay.
They're about to turn for home and the favourite on top, Scorched Earth, in the two-year-old Magic Millions Classic. Buffet Buster is right there to challenge and so too now Lady of Honour. Then Hanabi, Princess Raffles, Metsaro getting to the outside is Manhattan Times and Star of Chaos letting down but Scorched Earth left them in the dust. Scorched Earth powered away, three, four, five in front from Lady of Honour. It's a good battle for third. Princess Raffles is getting through but Scorched Earth has destroyed destroyed them in the two-year-old classic. Scorched Earth by at least five. Lady of Honour, Princess Raffles, Manhattan Times. Then Biscayne Bay from Hanabi. Next one in, Star of Chaos. She juggles, Metsaro tired, Al Double Choice and Buffet Buster. Well, arrived with a great form line, second in one of the Blue Diamond Preludes and uh, was able to really make a mess of those rivals yesterday. Jess Eaton riding for the Maloney Stable, $3.10 favourite. Winning by nearly, winning by just over five lengths. Yeah, it's like you're saying, good form line going into a race like that. That was Murray Bridge yesterday, and of course, uh, not forgetting Adelaide Cup comes up on Monday week. That's about it, mate. Thanks for this morning. No, it's good. We've um, covered a fair bit of ground this morning. Yeah, and the meetings just keep rolling on uh, bigger and better over the next uh, few weeks during the autumn. And folks, thanks for your company this morning. Always appreciate it. I look forward to your company tomorrow morning on Press Room when we discuss a lot of topics with a lot of panellists. Until then, bye-bye.